Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, we continue our series on the, the greatest month of generosity ever. That's pretty, pretty incredible to live up to, isn't it? Uh, but today we continue that series. Last week we began to look at how generosity is a part of who God is. God is generous. And we were made in the image of God. And so generosity is at the core of, hu- how, of how human beings are created and are to operate in the world. And we began looking at that in different ways. Not just about money, but in different ways. And today will be no different. We're going to look at something, and what, a way that we can be generous that maybe we haven't put a whole lot of time thinking about. And so I'm going to encourage you today to lean in and uh, and see where God is calling you to be generous in the manner that we're talking of today. But I want to start today with a question. And we're going to have a little bit of uh, audience participation. And if you're online, you can just type things in the in the margin and our on, uh, in the comment section and our online hosts will interact with you there. But how many of you have a book or maybe it's a series of books, that you like to read over and over again. Anybody have, have that a series of books or a book that you just enjoy reading? I know the Bible, you know, okay, that's, that's one. But uh, let's, let's, maybe, and maybe how many of you have a show or a uh, movie that you just like to watch over and over and over again. Now, I'm not talking about mind-numbing, like shut your brain off and just kind of have it in the background. But like these are movies or books that you read or you watch. And every time you read it or watch it, you just kind of catch something new. Or it takes you to a deeper level. You still, you still got your hands raised, all right? Okay, now let me hear. Um, so let's start with books. What books... Do you enjoy reading over and over again? Just shout out. Go ahead. Harry Potter. Okay, I heard. I think I heard the Bible. Pastor Fred. Okay, extra star in your crown. Uh, anyone? What? Another one? Anyone? Wings of Fire. Yeah, Jackson loved, liked those books. Any? Say, Dogman. Okay, yes, Dogman. That's deep stuff, man. Clayton, that's deep. That's right. Anyone else? Say that again. It's an author. Okay, Jeanette. Okay, okay, good. I'm not familiar with this series, but enjoy that. Wonderful. What about movies? Let's let's shift over into movies. Back to the Future. Okay. Harry Potter again. Okay. Star Wars, yeah, there you go. Fantastic Beast, man, man, you guys are like movie watchers, I think. Princess Bride, okay, good. All right, what about TV shows? Any TV shows? Spectre Gadget, Hogan's Heroes, there you go. Friends, yes, okay. Seinfeld, okay. Walker, Texas Ranger. My goodness. All right. We've got the gamut here. All right. Let's rein it in. (laughs) 
We are also enjoying this right now. We have just introduced Jackson to, um, well, I don't think my clicker is going to work today. Um, oh, there it is. Doctor Who. Any, any Who fans in the, in the house here? All right. Doctor Who. And we're, you know, we're just in, in season nine and it's fun to rewatch it and you see some different things like, oh, this bad wolf is appearing everywhere. What does this mean? And it's just fun to watch. But for me, when, uh, when we look at this and we've, we've said all of the ones that you've done, when you read those or you watch them or you get back into them, you see something deeper and more nuanced. For me, both my book and my movie series, you know where we're going, let's click to that next slide, is The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. In fact, January is coming. We're so excited. It's a tradition in our house that January 1st, we start each night and we just watch a little bit of each movie all the way through. Sometimes it takes us just the month, sometimes into February. I don't think we've ever gotten into March, but uh, just a little bit. Each time you read it, it's a little different, a little nuanced. Let's go to that next slide. I see just a different level. The first time I read it, I was in fourth grade. My teacher just was a Hobbit fan, and he read a little bit of it each day to us uh, at the, as an end-of-the-day treat. And at first, you just think it's this wonderful adventure, this adventure that uh, of Bilbo and then Frodo and, and moving on through that. But then as you read it again, you, you see a different level, a deeper level, where it's really about faithful friendship. It, it can be about uh, the, just moving on and then it can you read it again and it's it's about hope and you can read it again and you catch little uh, ideas of of Tolkien's Catholic faith and you you begin to see all of this and it just continues to open up and open up and open up I hope that you have a book or a series that you you like to do this with and that you continue to see that but today our scripture is going to be in Luke chapter 25 verses uh, Luke 10, I'm sorry, 25 through 37. And I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles, however you do that, whether it's in book form or online on an app, go ahead and find your way to Luke chapter 10. And we're going to begin at verse 25. Now, this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So can I invite you to stand in honor and reverence of the reading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus From Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. 
he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of the three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. This story is one of those stories like these books or these movies that we've been talking about. You can read it over and over and over again. And each time it seems to take you just a little bit deeper. It's not that... You know, your first understanding is bad. It's just that it's layered and it's nuanced because the master of storytelling, Jesus, is the one telling the story. And for us today, on the other side of the the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit begins to take it deeper and deeper and deeper for us. For some of us, we first read this as a children's story. And maybe it's even just kind of ripped out of context. They're not really talking about Jesus. Or maybe it just says, and Jesus said. And you start reading the story and you think the story is just about a really kind guy who helped somebody who was in need and, uh, and, and did that. And that's it. And you kind of take that story and maybe you read. How many of you read children's books over and over? I'm, I'm really old, so like we had little record players, you know, and you, you'd put it on and, and it would ding when you turn the page. And I'm certain I had one on the, on the Good Samaritan. You had that children's book view. Let's move to that next slide. Then we have, uh, and, and you'd read it again and it kind of takes on this anti-religiosity story. You, you begin to focus maybe in on the, the priest and the Levite. Here was this man who was wounded, but they were so afraid of getting dirty and, and touching something unclean that they walk by on the other side. And, and you kind of feel your, your insides get kind of burning. Like, how could you just leave someone there? And you, you focus kind of on that ant, being anti-religiosity. Not anti-religious, but just... Religiosity, you know, high and mighty, uh, holier than thou. You walk by on the other side and, and you begin to read it at that level. You might read it again and then you'll see, let's move to that next slide. You, you'll see that maybe you get to a place where you reconnect it to the larger story. Where this is really a story that's an answer to a response. That Jesus is being tested. And so we hear about this expert in the law who asks Jesus a question, and he puts it back to him. This is very a very Jewish way of teaching. Uh, you've asked me a question. What do you think? What, what's your opinion, Jesus says. And he quotes from Deuteronomy and Leviticus and puts those two things together. You've probably heard Jesus speak this a couple of times about the greatest commandments. Loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, boy, you got it. That's great. Go and do that. 
And it says, though, that he wanted to justify himself. That word justify is the word dikaiosune, which also means righteous. So he, he wanted to make himself look righteous. He wanted to justify himself. So he asks another question, and who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells the story. Now, before we jump on the expert in the law, we should know that he is quoting from Leviticus 19.18. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, you can turn there. I'm going to read it here. I think we have that on a slide. I want you to This is the phrase or what he's, he's taking the last part of. Here's the verse that this expert was talking about. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So most good Jews, most good experts in the law would say that that neighbor is someone who is from among your people. And my hunch is this expert in the law is wanting to push Jesus because he's seen Jesus heal people. He's, he's seen him reach out to unclean people and heal them of whatever their disease was that was making them unclean. He has seen him speak to centurions. He has seen him include people. He has seen him just begin to move beyond just those who are among your people. What we need to take from this in this reading, what we see here is that Jesus is expanding not just who my neighbor is, but who are the people that are among us. Does that just refer to those who look like me, worship like me, look like me, smell like me, uh, make the same money I make? No, he begins to push the boundaries of what it means to be the people of God. Another time you might read this and you might, you might see just the financial aspect. This is kind of what we do nowadays in Western culture. We begin to look at the finances and we see, oh man, how generous this guy was. This Samaritan. Oh my goodness. He, he just was phenomenal. I mean, look at what he did. He, he went over and he, you know, what does a bandage cost? What does, I mean, bandages weren't just something you go to the drugstore and, and grab. I mean, this was something that had to be woven together and, and probably cost a lot of money. And here he's just using it on, on a complete stranger and wine and oil and his, his own transportation on a donkey and, and then taking him and paying for him to stay in an inn and, and giving more if it's needed. I mean, oh, how generous. And you think that's where we're stopping, don't you? But I believe that there's another way that, as I was reading this, really jumped out at me when we're talking about being generous. And this last one, I want to ask you a question, if we can move to that next slide. Have you ever thought about how much time is represented in this story? As I was reading through, I just began to to get this because today we're going to be looking at generosity with our time. And have you ever stopped to look at this and how time is represented throughout this story? We start with the story of, of this man who is beaten. Why? Because there's there are criminals, there are robbers who want to make a quick buck. And instead of working for it, they're just going to take it. And so in their quickness, in their desire for a quick buck, it leads to near murder of someone. And then you have quick religion 
who wants to go through the motions and I don't have time to do that. And so they just move by on the other side. Quick religion leads to no help at all. But then the Samaritan comes in. And the Samaritan seems to slow everything down. I mean, it's all compact in just two verses, two or three verses, but, but look at this for a second. Verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and he saw him and took pity on him. And this seeing him and taking pity on him and having compassion on him slows everything down for the Samaritan. Look at verse 34. He went to him. He went over to him and my hunches looked over and saw what was wrong and maybe spoke some words. Are you alive? Are you okay? He went to him. He took that time to do that. And then it says that he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Have you ever thought, I I already started, I was was jumping ahead of myself, bandages weren't just something you could go quickly to a drugstore and and grab. I mean, these were things that had to be uh, wound together, had to be sewn together, had to to be uh, used and had to be clean. And and then once they're used, it's, it's done. So it's not just a financial value, but there is time that's needed to make a bandage. Have you ever thought about how much time is represented in oil and wine? You couldn't just go to Meyer and grab those those things this was medicine of the day and yet he's opening up representing that that wine that may have taken months to become that kind of medicine that was needed or oil if you've ever been to a place where they they make olive oil we had an opportunity to go to Greece when we were living in Europe and and to see all of these trees on the hillside and how there's so much time involved in harvesting and getting those olives over and getting them ready and getting them in the press and then pressing them down and letting that seep over I mean we're talking days and weeks and months are represented in time And this value of this wine and this oil that's now just going to be poured on a complete stranger that this Samaritan has taken time for. Then he puts him on a donkey. He puts him on his own donkey. Which means if this guy is bleeding, it probably means cleaning your donkey later on. It probably means, you know, shifting some things around. If you have a donkey, it's probably, uh, you're not just taking your donkey out for a stroll. It's probably packed up. And so maybe it means unpacking and removing some things and, and putting. Have you ever tried to put a half-dead man onto an animal? I mean, I started thinking about this. The closest I can think of is like, you know, when you're driving home and your kid falls asleep and you don't want to wake them up, and you're trying to get them up the stairs. And I mean, it was, it was a little easier when Jackson fit in a car seat. But I remember the last time I attempted this. He was dead to the world, and he was probably in fifth or sixth grade, and getting him up and up the stairs. And I was like, that's the last time I can do that. <laughs> but now we're talking about a full-grown man who's not conscious, he's half dead, and getting him onto a vehicle with a mind of its own, 
Can you imagine the time that it took to get him there? And then he takes him and he has to find an inn that will take a wounded person who would take him and, and put him up. I mean, thinking about, you know, bedding or wherever he would be, he might bleed on those. It might cost the mattress. It might cost the blankets. It might cost all of these things. And so then he takes two denarii and gives it to the innkeeper. Two denarii. If most of your scriptures, if you click on that little thing or look in the margins, it will tell you that's two days of wage. Think about that. How much time that is in giving for this stranger to find health and to be restored. Two denarii. And then he tells the innkeeper, look after him and I will return. That's going to take more time. I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to find this inn again. I'm going to be here and I'll give you more money, which represents more time to heal this person. And Jesus finishes his story and says, which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The Samaritan. The Samaritan. You see, Jesus is, is saying that, let's go to that next slide. He is, he is saying that living in the image of God, of the generous God that we talked about last week, looks like a gift of time. Now, don't forget what gift means. Gift means a genuine interest for them. Whoever them is for you. I mean, Jesus was very intentional about painting this merciful person as the outsider, as the Samaritans. Jews and Samaritans had a long history of dislike and distrust. They didn't go through each other's uh, territory if they didn't have to. And he paints, I mean, it would be like, I, I don't know, think about someone that you don't understand, you probably don't agree with, and so you just kind of avoid them. If you're you know, this is just an easy one, but if you're a Republican, it's probably a Democrat. If you're a Democrat, it's probably a Republican. You know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's somebody who's involved in, in gang activity and you just wouldn't want to spend time with them. Jesus paints that picture and says, no, that person who is generous in time. We are to be people if we are going to image the generous God out into our world. We take a genuine interest for them. It's a gift. And Jesus is, of course, we know this already, saying to love God is to love people. If you love God, you love people. If you love people, you are loving God. That's why he ties those two together. And in another, another gospel, he will say, all the law and the prophets hang on this commandment. Love God. Love others. To love God is to love people. And love is often spelled T-I-M-E. It's to be generous with our time. I wanted us to see this today. Let's go to our next slide there. I want us to look at time with and time for. I, thought, I got to begin thinking about time with and time for. Because oftentimes in the church, we, we're like, okay, I've got time, but I want, I, I want to ask the question, time for? Time for what? Time for serving, time for ministry, time for worship service, time for? But we never wrestle sometimes with the time with. And that the time with someone could be 
for someone. We, we often look at time with and time for God. Um, we're, we're very comfortable with that, and, and that's good. And what we've looked at, at that in our last series, and at the beginning of this series, we talked about time with and time for God, that, that, that those two go together. But that time with and time for God is going to push us to time with and time for others. And we have to remember that that time with and time for others is intimately, intricately connected with time with and time for God. Your time with and for God is going to push you to time with and for others. And your time with and for others is an act of worship for God. I wanted to stretch. I think this series is calling us to stretch our understanding of what generosity is. It's not just about money. It's also about being generous and spelling generosity. T-I-M-E. Can we move to that next slide? Because I want us to, do, I want us to celebrate just a little bit, if that's okay. I do want us to, to celebrate where we've seen some of this generosity in time. I, I'm not just pushing this out here because I, I, uh, I just think we're not generous with time. Many of you are very generous with time. I mean, a great example is right here on the platform. I mean, this was time with and time for our kids. That is time with and time for God. That there is something that is intimately and intricately connected when people, when you adults and you students who have given of your time and energy with our children, that is beautiful and I think we should celebrate. Can we just have another hand for all those who helped? I mean, that's a celebration of a generosity of time. And I think that's beautiful. This past week, we had a memorial service for Stacy's dad. And I just thought it was such a beautiful example of generosity of time to see people bringing in food that they had, had baked or bought and, and bringing it all the way over to the church and making sure that we had a meal. Because the last thing you want to think about at a funeral is how to feed everybody who's come. And I just want you to know, I want to celebrate. I think it was a beautiful explanation of what we're seeing here. To see people there and to see people serving food and cleaning up and and getting set up and all of that. That is generosity as T-I-M-E. And I think that's beautiful. And I want to encourage more of us to be involved in things like that. I heard last Sunday, and I'm not going to embarrass this person, but someone... (laughs) who witnessed an accident on 131. Car upside down, people dangling from seat belts, mom and a young girl. And yes, it blocked the freeway and she couldn't go anywhere, but they could have stayed in their car. But they got out. And they went and they made sure someone was okay. And when they thought the car was on fire, helped to, uh, with some other folks who were also generous with their time and, and to help carefully move the, the people who were in the accident and then to, to make sure that they could call their loved ones and to make sure that they, and just to sit there with them and for them with their arm around a stranger and to pray and to say we're alive. 
That's generous with time. That's what Jesus calls us to when he says, go and do likewise. And folks, Christians are often looked at with suspicion, much like Jews looked at Samaritans with suspicion. But we believe that we are called to be the image of the generous God. And the generous God spends so much time with and for us. How can we be any different? So we're called and and we're called to go and do likewise. And so I want to finish with some challenges today. Some challenges that that we can look at. Um, Let's go to that next slide there. I want to ask you a couple of questions, and maybe you want to write some of these questions down to wrestle when you are spending time with and for God. Wrestle with some of these questions. Ask yourself, are you moving too fast through life? Are you just racing from here to there? And in the midst of racing here to there and too fast, are you leaving some people half dead? Some relationships half dead, relationships with kids, with a spouse, with a coworker. Are you a boss? Are you, are you are you spending any time with those you work with or who work for you? Are you moving too fast through life? Are you leaving someone? Half dead. Are you being called today? Are you challenged by this Samaritan that Jesus told this story? Thousands is it added another layer to this story. Are you being called to slow down? To spend time with and for others. Remembering that that is also, that is also intimately and intricately connected to love of God. Can you be with and for someone else? Remember, loving God, others is loving God. Now today, I want to give all of us a specific challenge. There's a place where we can, that, that, a need that has presented itself. I've already shared with you about Haverhill Elementary School. What you may not know about Haverhill is when they are closed, Haverhill Elementary School um, is a significant contributor to breakfast and lunch of students. For some of them, that's the only meals they get that day. And so we already sent out an email, and I was just overjoyed as I walked in here today to see the amount of food that's there. But if you can right now, I want you to take a picture of this or write this down, whatever you need to do. Can you spend some time going to the grocery store? I went last night. It took me about 25 minutes, including the drive to and from Meyer. To walk through the store. Now I do most of the shopping for us, so I kind of knew where things were. But could you go? Could you go as a family? Could you go as a, as a couple? Could you go as individuals? And if there are two of you, maybe you, you go at two different times to where we can make sure that there are not hungry kids in Portage, Michigan. 
And we will make sure that all of this food gets over. And, and if you need to do that, we have a bucket outside. So if, if the church isn't open, you can put that right out there. We'll be checking that and making sure. But can you take just that time? Can you image God into the world through some generosity of time going to the store and finding these items and putting them in a bag and bringing them here so that we can make sure that during this week when the school is shut down, we are part of the generosity Uh, the image of the generous God in our community right here in Portage. This is a part of why our 10-4 goals include times of service. That we're not a faith that's just all about our intellect and what we learn and know intellectually about God. We learn our faith through serving, through embodying Jesus Christ into our world. Don't forget the scriptures tell us, now you all are the body of Christ. And Christ was generous with his time. And he looked and expanded who the family of God includes. How can we be any different? Would you be willing to give a gift, a genuine interest for them? I want to challenge you to do that. Maybe it's not about that, but maybe there's other challenges. Can you slow down and play with your kids? Can you slow down and go on a date? Can you slow down and pray together as a family? Can you slow down and have a meal together? There's there's lots of ways to do this. Can you slow down and go help at the gospel mission? Or slow down and help somewhere else? Can you not race by someone who may need your help? See, we can be generous by taking a genuine interest for them. And you will find that you learn who this God is as you look to the genuine interest of someone else. Can we do that this month? Can we begin to look for those ways? I hope that you've been challenged today and I hope that you will go and do likewise. Let's stand for prayer. Jesus, we are challenged today by your story once again. You've taken us to another level, another part of our lives to include in this story. So thank you for that, first of all. Today, can you help us to receive the challenge to go and do like the Samaritan we read about? To not be so quick and not rush by everything. That we miss the opportunity to grow in our faith by service. To give a gift, a genuine interest for them. Whether it's Haver Hill Elementary School or someone that's close to us or someone we work with. God, open our eyes and our hearts to reach out to others. For it is there that we fulfill the teaching. It is there that we become your body. Challenge us. May we be haunted this week by that 
by that question, am I moving through life too quickly? Is it time to slow down? Help us to rise to the challenge to feed hungry kids. And may we, as we shop, as we take time to go to a store, as we take time to drop it off at church, may we not just pat ourselves on the back, but may we realize, recognize that this is our faith lived out and that we are worshiping you because you have been so generous to us. We thank you, Jesus, and we pray this in your generous name. And everyone said, Amen. I pray that we'll rise to the challenge. Would you receive this blessing as you go? And now, may you remember that you are the body of Christ. That you are called and challenged to go and do like the Samaritan. May you slow down. May your eyes be opened. May our hearts be opened. And may we seek to spend time with and for others, recognizing that that connects us intricately and intimately to the God who is so generous and in whose image we are made. I pray that you'll experience the joy of this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in his peace, go slowly and slow down and enjoy your week. Look for opportunities. God bless you if you joined us online. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.